0: It's the Mitchin Podcast. Hey, what's up and welcome to the Mitchin, a semi-regular food podcast coming out of Sydney. (laughs) My name is Andrew Levins and my co-host name is Mitch Orr. What's up? Oh, not much, man. How are you? This feels very strange to be doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're working things out. We're trying to make this more regular um, and uh, having a great time doing that.
1: Yeah, not not that I ever knew what we were doing, but I feel like I even less know what we're doing right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're halfway through 2016. Um, we've, we've, we've seen a lot of new restaurants open up this year. Um, you've been involved in one, Barb Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we've also got some recent news of some uh, Sydney institutions shutting down for good or, or, or changing what they're doing. themselves. Um, so we thought we would do a, a little report on, uh, on some of the things that we've really enjoyed that we've seen open this year. Um, And we actually decided to go straight to one of these joints. Um, We are currently in the middle of Chinatown in the Dixon Street Food Court, uh, talking to the least Asian person in the (laughs) Dixon Street Food Court. Uh, His name is Toby Wilson, and he runs Ghost Boy Cantina, which has been a a taqueria that opened up inside Dixon Street Food Court uh, in, like, March? February. February, Chinese
1: New Year, February
0: right? yeah, there we go, perfect yeah. timing um, So welcome to the Mitch and Table um, But it's actually just the table that you serve food at Four to five days a week um, yeah, correct Toby Wilson from Ghost by Cantina Hey, how are we? Very good um, So uh, you already win the best guests that we've ever had Because you greeted us here with breakfast, breakfast tacos, tacos. <laughs> A pretty good way to be, gre- be greeted in the morning Yeah, definitely Yeah you can always
2: bribe people with food.
0: Um, so one of the um, like the the biggest things that would, like you know your mission statement with Ghost Boy Cantina was that in a similar way that that when Acme opened, Mitch was very adamant in saying that it's not an Italian restaurant. You yeah. sell pasta. You're not a Mexican For sure. restaurant. Yeah. You are a tacarillo that takes in influence yeah. from around the world, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it makes complete sense just to be fully authentic, uh, kind of. In a place that's away from, from where the food originated, I mean, we don't have the same seasons as Mexico. We don't have the same produce. I don't have a Mexican grandmother. <laughs> um, I've never cooked Mexican food before, so it, it's kind of just taking. I mean, like 80% of the stuff we cook is kind of has roots in uh, in traditional Mexican stuff, but we kind of have the freedom to use uh, whatever ingredients we want uh, if if we think it'll make the food better.
0: Yeah, um, so the biggest point of difference is, uh, for the most part, you don't use corn tortillas for your yeah. tortillas. You serve yeah. them on.
2: So we use uh, Chinese pancakes, uh, which is actually really similar to like a northern Mexican style flour tortilla. Um, but we just found it kind of just worked better. Um, it's really hard to get good masa in Sydney, um, so yeah, we just go to a uh, we go to a dim sum factory up the road and we just buy. <laughs> stacks and stacks of Chinese pancakes
0: yeah and I think what really made me love Ghost Boy is that like you know I feel like of all the cuisines that that Australia and Sydney really struggles with it's Mexican food sure there's there's very very few decent Mexican restaurants in in our country and uh, you know there's always like hype around oh this one's going to do it right they're going to finally do it right but the problem is like the resources that we have to work with—they're yeah. considerably yeah. different to what you get yeah. in Mexico and, and, and in LA, and even just like the—you know—there are very few Mexican people in Australia. Yeah. So, mm. uh, you know, that's a huge factor too.
2: Yeah, I mean, like even even the tuckeries that seem to be run by Mexicans. Kind of do a bit of like a, a Tex-Mex thing, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And every taco always seems to have like this chipotle mayonnaise zigzag <laughs> over the top for some reason. I don't know where that came from. I don't think it came from Mexico, but it's on. At least 80% of the tacos in Sydney. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that's about. Is that
1: on 100% of the El Loco tacos?
0: <laughs> don't fire a shot at Hongi. <laughs>
1: it's been a while. They're all pent up inside of me. Filling them out.
0: But, like, you know, similarly, I remember when El Loco opened, and especially when, when Hongi was behind, you know, when he was actually putting Driving those tacos it, yeah. together. Mm. That was a really great moment in Sydney yeah. because it was like, oh, you know, like, they at least got, like, the. Uh, the secret tacos were always good. The off- yeah. offly ones and the ones using the tongue and the cheaper cuts and stuff like that were always good. Absolutely, yeah. And I I, 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 I think, you know, I mean, Hongi doesn't really have much to do with El Loco these days. Hongi Certainly doesn't really have much to do with any of his uh, restaurants. Stop <laughs> firing shots, <mate>. <laughs> <laughs> But, you yeah, know, no, I, 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 I think uh, El Loco is definitely overdue for someone to put a bit, bit more magic back into what that, what that place once was. Um, but Ghostboy Cantina, I don't know. I, I, you guys, when you open, you, you just had a very, very limited menu. All the tacos yeah. are five bucks. You uh-huh. serve them on these thin grilled um, Chinese pancakes. You do what a beef taco? A, was it a pumpkin uh,
2: taco? Yeah, it kind of changes pretty often. But the staples have been like a cauliflower taco. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We usually have a beef and a pork, and then we kind of rotate a fourth one in and out generally.
0: Yeah, my favorite one you do one with crispy pig's ears. Yeah. So there's always there's always I've been mean, given. Given that you are, you know, are inside a Chinese food court, it makes sense that there is an Asian influence yeah, sure. on these tacos, yeah. um, and that kind of always is, like, you know, a, a, an Asian ingredient, of which are plentiful in Australia, yeah. uh, and much easier to get your hands on than, than a, m- yeah. a more classic Mexican ingredient. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to come down and eat some decent decent tacos, with a, with they aren't, there aren't authentically a Mexican, but they are authentically very good to eat, uh, you should come down to Dixon Street Food Court to eat at Ghost Boy Cantina, but you've only got one more month to do that, right?
2: Yeah, we've only got four, less than four weeks now. Uh, so our last night will be Monday, the 27th. Um, and then we'll be shutting our doors for about three weeks. Sure. And then uh, reopening inside of Tio's four nights a week. Right. Um, from mid
0: July. Now, I remember you, 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 you told me this um, over text yesterday. You yeah. Said that you're, with, with the, your, your, your tongue in your cheek, you said you're going to be a nomadic takareer. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like a very—it's my way of being super non-committal about where I'm going to be in the future, I guess. Um, so we're going to be there four nights a week, but I also kind of want to do some festivals and some markets and, and move it around and kind of put it wherever people will have us or, or where people want it. Sure. Is—is um,
1: yeah. is there a major reason for the move? Because I always sort of had it in the back of my mind. It'd be cool to open like a little past tiny little pasta shop in one of the Chinatown food courts but that it's almost a lot easier because it's basically noodles anyway but to go, I'm going to do tacos Yeah So like, has there been has it been a struggle? Is it that all the that no, you know, people outside of Chinatown they don't know it's here or they don't come down and, you know, all the people that come to Chinatown and the food courts, they eat at specific things look at you and go, what is this white boy doing here? Yeah, definitely (laughs) So, I mean the
2: majority of our uh, majority of our customers, I think, aren't necessarily Dixon House regulars, and they kind of come from outside yeah, right. to come and check us out. Um, I mean, the, the reason we're moving is the we had a six month lease. Um, we had the option to re- renew it, but um, just thought we'd kind of up and take it somewhere else, possibly a little more uh, kind of accessible for our our main market, which isn't necessarily a basement in Chinatown. Um,
0: yeah, I feel like tacos are definitely the uh, the post-dinner meal. That, like, the yeah. perfect taco is eaten like a couple hours after you've had dinner. You've had a bunch of drinks in between then. Yeah. You're like, hell yeah, I could eat some tacos. <laughs> yeah. But you guys close sure. at 8.30 Yeah, Or night. at 10 a.m. in the morning. True, just yeah. now. Yeah, very good.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, like a lot of the, the people that come down here have been pretty curious and they've kind of sniffed around. And I think we're also, we're the only place I think that doesn't have photos of food on our menu um, and it just like really wigs people out um, especially because
1: so it just says collie eggplant yeah so I guess they assume they're just going to get a whole cauliflower and That's a whole it. eggplant and yeah
2: and then they kind of they look at a taco and they're like "This, this is five bucks I could have got could have got an entire bowl of noodles for that yeah, yeah.
0: could have gotten three whole fish <laughs>
2: yeah
0: uh, yeah I, I actually thought that, that would be like one of the funnest parts of opening up down here is doing that that you know the cellophane folder with all the the pictures of, the, of your of your menu items in there <laughs> <laughs> i like lo- and i love the the i think like the, the the chinatown food courts are some of the best places to eat yeah 100 yeah um, i mean
2: the reason i opened up down here is because this is where i i used to come a lot um just to eat on my day off or whatever and then i was kind of looking for something new to do and um i just saw this kind of shop for lease and i was like
0: yeah, that's fucking great. Why, why
2: not? Yeah. Yeah,
0: because everyone would know you from, uh, and I know a lot of people have lamented you being here and not in Glebe anymore. Because apparently, yep. since you left your business, the wedge espresso yep. in Glebe, there's no good coffee in Glebe anymore. Apparently, it's
2: it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, I haven't really been back to Glebe since. Uh, why would you really? Yeah, I mean, Glebe's not a place you really pass through. It's basically at any the point Perth of, of Sydney. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I, I think I prefer shots at Glebe more than shots at Hongi. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, tell me about how, how, how The Wedge got started. Was that your first foray into, into cafes and food? Yeah,
2: so I'd worked at a bunch of
0: cafes. Um, my first cafe
2: job, I actually worked for a, uh, like this Guatemalan cafe, and this dude was importing all his own coffee beans, and he thought he'd set up a cafe. And was that the
0: one on, in Alexandria or on like, South Downing? Yeah, South Downing yeah, yeah, I used yeah. to drive past there. And I think I went in there once, and they were like, oh, we're not selling any food. Sorry, yeah, yeah like, it sounds
2: about right. <laughs> um, so... I was the, the barista there and um, we were doing maybe like 10 coffees a day and it was so quiet that I ended up helping out the, um, the chef and I was just kind of his kitchen hand learning how to cook Guatemalan stuff and um, I guess that's maybe where I first started learning a bit about uh, kind of Central and South American food um, and then from there I went and worked at a, a couple other cafes went and worked at Le Monde for a little bit um, when it was kind of touted as Sydney's best cafe and thought i'd just give my own one a crack for whatever reason um i opened that in 2011 uh and ran it for about three years yeah um yeah
3: and
0: you used to do uh like uh what are they called again uh the sloppies you had a sloppy joe night
2: yeah so we kind of had a a second business that we ran in the same place called sloppies (laughs) It's <laughs> um, <which, laughs> a great name. Yeah, why, why didn't this do well? Again? Yeah, I think, right. no idea, no idea. Um, so we had it was actually not too dissimilar to this. We had four items and a couple sides, and they were just kind of uh, loose meat sandwiches, just kind of braised sandwiches in like a steamed bun. Um, and the idea was that we were meant to kind of have that with. We were going to have a, a list of I think ten canned beers, and that was it. And then we got some neighbor complaints. About having a liquor license Because of Glebe, yeah Classic Classic, classic <laughs> yeah.
0: Sydney's Perth <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, like The American food boom it, We're still You know, we still see it Month to month in Sydney Yeah um, Whether or not we see it Done well Is, is, is another, another subject For another day But yep. there are lots of Regional Little styles And regional dishes mm-hmm. um, That you, I kind of wish were, were everywhere And a sloppy joe Is definitely one of them
2: Yeah Yeah, I'm not, I think there are A couple places that do them I Are mean, Yeah. I think I Mr. Mean, crackles does one or did one. Right. Uh, but I, have, I haven't had it. I don't think I've actually had a, a legit Sloppy Joe full stop, to be honest. I just what? kind of stole the idea. <laughs> did
0: you do it with like cheese or was it just straight up no, loose so meat we on did, a bread?
2: Um, yeah, we just kind of made a bunch of different braises. It was the same kind of vibe as this, like no ties to authenticity. So we just kind of make really loose, sloppy, braised meat kind of things in a, uh, in a steamed bun with a... A little bit of pickled veg or whatever, and then we did kind of fries and shakes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Yeah, it was actually I was pretty into it. We might we're thinking about doing like a little resurgence of it. Yeah, every, you, every now and then. When yeah. I had
0: the dip open, you you asked me to do a collab with you. Yeah, yeah. And we, I, and we I just never a got sloppy dip. Oh, so, I love it. <laughs> Even less appealing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, same. Um, we had a couple guest guest chefs there as well, which is what we're doing here now as well. Yeah, I want. Yeah, talk let's about talk about that. The collabs yeah, sure. Let's talk about um, the thing I'm Mitch a, knows about.
1: I'm a big fan of the collabs because two of my staff members from the bar have done collabs,
0: so it's been extra press for the bar, which is great. <laughs> so thanks, thanks for that, <laughs> Davey. Thanks, Davey. It's the only thanks. reason we're here. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, at Ghostboy Cantino Cantina, you've done uh, Monday night collaborative dinners with different chefs from around yeah. Sydney. Who have you done? Yeah. Um, so, so, far so far, we
1: had we call uh, it a collaborative um, dinner.
0: <laughs> what else is it?
1: I don't know. A collaborative <laughs> menu, maybe? It's just some dudes It's a menu some, yeah. for dinner Like I, I just cut out a few
0: words I just have
1: this idea Of when you say collaborative menu That you come down into Dixon Street Food Court And all the tables are set oh, And everyone's dinner. seated yeah, yeah. And I think we could do that I think,
2: I think Let's we could do, should, a collaborative we do dinner. that For our last night yeah, Love you know, it full table service <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Um, yeah, so the first one was uh, Hugh Piper he, um, he used to own a cafe in Alexandria And has since been working at Um uh, Fleetwood Macchiato and Two Chaps. Uh, he's half Peruvian, so we did like this Peruvian-inspired menu, which is really cool. Um, and then uh, Harry Levy from Brose did this kind of old-school Italian menu, like a lasagna taco, which was <laughs> this like ragu with bechamel, and it was it was pretty rad. Uh, and then we had Michael West this Monday um, do a entirely vegetarian. Autumnal Japanese-inspired taco menu, um, which is a whole lot better than it sounds. great. I saw pictures of that one. It looks
0: really yeah, it good, was
1: really really it good. was really tasty. And I like. Yeah. Michael thought about it a bit differently to everybody. Yeah. I, like, did a little quesadilla with the things with yeah. the pancakes and stuff, which is really cool. And then also did some really stupid things, like mixed the cheapest tequila he could find with midori. Yeah, and 50, gave it oh, to he, everyone. Yeah, it Mexican slipper, fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he's convinced it's gonna take
0: off though that's horrible we, we had a,
2: one guy come back for another one <laughs> and, and then we had like another we probably had like 40 bottles of half full <laughs> shots just sitting on tables Everybody, at the end uh, of the uh, night
0: that's foul Even, bring the, the Midori illusion shaker back there <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, and we got a couple more coming up we um, got the new head chef of Mavita uh, doing one and then our very last night is gonna be another guest night so I won't be cooking for our last night, which is kind of cool. Oh, cool. Uh, it's going to be Glenn Choi and yeah, nice. Ben Abbeyed, which should be pretty rad. Where cool. are they from? Um,
1: Glenn's now where? On his way to he Fabrican. He
2: is at Esther for a little bit, and yeah. He's, yeah, he's going to Fabricant at the end of the year. Um, yeah, they're both just kind of
3: cool floating dudes. around a bit, I think, at the
2: moment. they um, have been around forever, yeah. will, will
0: either of them be serving Midori with anything?
2: Uh, I'm not sure. I'm I, 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 I sure might go. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think they're going to do a bit of an Italian spin as well. So, maybe we could do like a Midori Limoncello or something. Pretty delicious.
0: So, you're moving from Dixon Street to Tio's, which is a lot less Chinese than uh, this Chinese food court. Are you still going to take the Asian influence on your menu with you? Yeah.
2: So, we're still going to keep the kind of um, just inauthentic uh, kind of ethos. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, It's more or less going to be the same menu. Uh, give or take a couple items and just uproot it in a different location. Um, I don't think we need to be like any more Mexican because we're in no, a tequila bar. There's we
0: something know. weirdly more authentic about the way you're doing it. Rather yeah, than yeah in for in Sydney, in definitely. Importing yeah. you know, as much as you possibly can to yeah. get it as Mexican as possible. I, rem- I mean, I remember when uh, that spot in uh, New York opened Palm and like their yeah. whole ethos was Palm. And what's, that, what's the
1: actual restaurant called? Uh, Fucking... Teresa,
0: yeah, yeah. I remember like, their ethos was like you know the idea of a, of regional Italian food is you make do with what's around you, yeah. Not, and, and it's not about importing all yep. the Italian ingredients; it's about you know finding what's around you. So they did a lot of stuff that was you know native to New York as opposed to importing as much as yeah. possible. I
2: mean, it's the same in Mexico. Mexican food is so much more regional than people think yeah. as well. Um, our biggest fans down here have generally been uh, Mexicans and Americans and and South Americans. They're the ones that have been coming back. Um, <laughs> Which was, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty flattering. I mean, they, they kind of understood it more than a lot of other people, which yeah. I kind of maybe wasn't expecting. You know when you kind of make food for someone that's based off their culture and you think they're just going to get super offended by what you made or yeah. whatever, but it's, they've been, um, yeah, really into it, which is, yeah. which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, when I'll be on it. Like when I first read about it, I was like, this sounds like the stupidest idea <laughs> yeah, I, I still <laughs> I've it, ever I still heard in my uh, life. And then, but then I come down and I'm like, actually, no, this actually makes a lot of fucking sense. And it's really, it is tasty and it's fun and it's what a taco should be. You should yeah. be eating a taco in a sort of dingy environment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. whether it be on the side of the street in LA or in Mexico City or sure. whatever, yeah. you know, that adds to it. So, I think, I I think mean, it actually works really I,
2: well. I think um, this is almost as close to street food as we're ever going to get in Sydney. Yeah, um, Like food
0: court vibe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: um, we're, we're never going to have food on the street cooked in, in stalls really apart not from with, Not with the councils. That's uh, it. And food, and food trucks don't really make sense here. Oh, but guys, I mean,
0: the noodle markets. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sydney's famous Don't you love markets. eating what you can
0: get in a restaurant <laughs> anywhere in Sydney but line up for three hours to then <laughs> uncomfortably eat it on a paper plate surrounded by the worst people in the fucking universe? Yeah. <laughs> Put that on the next ad for the noodle <laughs> markets there's a picture of Hongi's face <laughs> <laughs> with a dumpling <laughs> smirking uh, I mean, Sold.
2: I think it would be really cool if uh, I think more more people kind of came down and did this and we had Dude, more 100%. younger chefs taking over kind of food court spaces because yeah, it
1: also makes it affordable for people to do their own thing doesn't yeah. it like you don't have to yeah, I mean, you don't fit have to fit out a place yeah, and you don't have to spend, like, you know, worry about paying waiters 300 and, grand
2: whatever yeah. on setting up a restaurant you can Try it out for like 20 grand, you know? Yeah. Any chef can afford that if they want to save. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think if you had a food court that was like this and all the great places stayed, which they will, um, yeah. and all the kind of less good places kind of moved on and got replaced <laughs> with interesting chefs, and you kind of had this half half culture going on, and people started speaking about. Sydney's food courts, in the way they talk about LA's food trucks or Melbourne's laneways, would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In,
0: in like Koreatown in LA, there's like, um, in amidst all these like old, old restaurants that have been there forever, there's like. Um...
3: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
3: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Roy Choi's uh, Chago is in the middle of it. And that that, that, that fits perfectly in there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I would love to see. Because I I think the the food culture in, in Chinatown is like, yeah world class yeah. I mean not, not every joint in inside of each of the food courts is is, is really good or even close right. to good but what would you yeah. say is the holy trinity of food court places in Sydney as in like the actual restaurants within them yeah because okay, the actual food courts are talking about we've got Dixon Street food court where we are right now Eating Su- World and Sussex Street and Sussex Street yeah. Centre yeah. Yeah. yeah is it called Sussex Centre yeah like I think it's called Sussex Centre yeah. um I mean I don't know I think Happy Chef In, uh, in Sussex Centre Is yeah. just like the most That's like the classic That's, that's been the there. king yeah. It's been there forever um, I'm really fond of The place that just does um, It's in Eating World As you enter on the right And they just do skewers Of, of, of meat Just like heaps of skewers right. uh, With Citron pepper uh-huh. um, they have other stuff On the menu But they pretty much Just have like a massive Charcoal grill And they just grill You can buy like It's like You know like five sticks For eight bucks or Something like yeah. that Totally reasonable And, um, and really good uh, and then in here, Dixon Street is uh, is is probably the most like moving around. There's yeah. It's, I, every time I come in here, there's like three new joints. Yeah, yeah Dixon Street's yeah. the one
2: I come to the least. There aren't too many places here that have been around for a super long time. I mean, this Indonesian place has been around forever. Yep. Ramen uh, uh, P- Pond, down area. the end. Yeah, yeah Ramen really They're, good. They've actually. They've been around for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and then the there's the you know the sizzling. Sizzling plate lady who kind of yells through the megaphone. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. she's unfortunately been around for a long time. <laughs>
0: uh, I've never understood the appeal of eating food from a sizzling, sizzling cow plate. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: don't know. I'm kind of kind into it. You do a ta- yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, 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 what ta-
1: maybe you should do a collab her? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we
2: did think about doing a night where we just bought a whole bunch of food from around Chinatown and then kind and of put, put it, it on tacos, tacos. <laughs> we kind of thought if anyone got sick of anything we made we'd be liable yeah yeah
0: yeah. yeah. I mean people know about eating worlds um, who aren't necessarily like you know haven't been going to Chinatown for years people, people know about eating world because of the ramen joint yeah. Gamshara. Yeah. Gamshara. Yeah. And, and they kind of know about Sussex Street because of Ramen IQ as well because I totally. got a lot of press when they open too um, icky has got a ton of new places in there sorry I mean uh, Sussex Street's got a ton of new places in there now there's a there's a Korean fried chicken spot there's a pretty awesome like um, northern Chinese noodle spot
2: uh, so a Japanese curry joint yeah yeah, yeah. so that yeah. yeah
0: that's something that we could use more of I'm not into Japanese curry yeah I know but I kind of just like the idea that it exists yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> it it's <laughs> doesn't change from place to place just no, like brown,
0: stuff totally
1: they always, they the, always same. the same yeah. packet mix. That's yeah, right. It's golden curry. With,
2: it's always with carrots and potato for some reason.
0: <laughs> uh, I, there's a really crazy place in Dixon Street where, mm. just around the corner from Ghost Boy, where you just like you pretty much just get a pile of whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know what, what what region is that from. Is it is, is this it Korea? This one of
2: the Malatang around here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of like I think it's uh, I think it's Taiwanese. But I could be wrong. Um. And it's kind of, it's almost like the frozen yogurt vibe. You, you get like a, a stainless steel bowl and some tongs and you load up whatever you want. You pay by weight and then you wait about half an hour and it comes back as this, it's almost like this Szechuan laksa kind of vibe. Melange of um, yeah. ingredients. It's, it's delicious. It's got the biggest line in here by a long shot. I mean, you can yeah, easily right. wait an hour and it's busy. Shit
0: it's crazy there's just like heaps of like different fish balls and yeah. that kind of yeah,
2: thing yeah it's kind of it's split half into fresh produce and half into kind of mystery meatballs and there are probably about 20 different types one of them is like uh, it's got like a liquid center it's, it's disgusting yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost like a little hot dog filled with liquid cheese yeah
0: Wow, anyway,
2: not, it's it's a nasty surprise if you're not expecting it.
0: Yeah, I pitched a um, an article to a half page. I haven't actually followed it through. Um, to good food about rating the uh, the Sydney Chinatown food courts from best to worst. Yeah, I think without even thinking about it too much, I'd probably go Sussex Street, then Eating World, then Dixon. One Especially with you, Living City to? as well. Yeah, but that, I mean, what is, what's good in there? Does that yeah. count though? Um, yeah. yeah. Is that, that, around the corner on that is that awesome Taiwanese, like Mother Chews Taiwanese. That place like, always has Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that place breakfast. is great. It's
2: unreal. There are mm-hmm. chili beef, uh, it's like beef flank noodle soup with beef yes. tendon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it'll, good.
1: It'll wake you up.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, fuck, I love Chinatown.
1: Chinatown's pretty good. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so, speaking of uh, good food articles, um, I wrote a, uh, a fried chicken article, or a chicken article Chicken uh, uh, a la- week before last um, that, that garnered barely any negative comments. I don't know what's going on, with those Fairfax yeah, readers right. must be happy or something.
1: People love chicken, bro. The western suburbs loves chicken. She uh, if-
0: slipped in like a vegan chicken substitute. <laughs> uh, but I, I kind of, uh, I was asked to put together some of the best places to eat chicken in Sydney and kind of put a story together about chicken being cool and kind of featured on fine dining menus. Got to speak to this guy, my good friend Mitchell Orr of... Uh, the once fantastic and now closed Duke Bistro and we spoke about uh, how you were the first place to really put first fine dining joint to put fried chicken on the menu
1: not that we were fine dining but the first sort of you know, restaurant. hatted
0: hatted restaurant yeah.
1: And yeah, me and Limbo we always we sort of, I don't know we just sort of talked about it from the start like we just wanted to ha- eat fried chicken wings all the time so why not put them on the menu and we just sort of fucked around with them and you know before the restaurant was open when we were doing we had a couple little functions at the Flinders downstairs and stuff and we had to do a couple of different things we just always wanted to we just always had the fried chicken sort of going and you know it was a mix of pretty classical things like we used to brine it in the brine from the St John cookbook and then you know wash it in a soy mirin glaze that Limbo used to make at tets and then we just twice fry them in corn flour and tapioca tapioca flour you know so and then we came up with the coleslaw milk garnish from doing a function one day where we had to make a shitload of coleslaw and all the juice that sort of ran out from the coleslaw was so fucking tasty and mm. it just seemed like a real natural match and you put it
0: with like agar or something right
1: yeah minute. so yeah. we turned it into a gel with agar so it was a little more like a mayonnaise consi- like a thick mayonnaise consistency again rather than watery coleslaw juice but yeah, and it just you know, and then Hongi opened Miss G's, and they put theirs on there, and it just sort of took off from there. But yeah, man, I don't know. Like, fuck, fried chicken's the best food in the world. Why, like, why wouldn't you want to have it on your menu? And even if it's only so you can eat it yourself, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing better. Would you ever do fried chicken at Acme? We've we've sort of had it as an off-menu thing a couple of times. Um, we did a we did a big batch for ASAP Ferg when he came huh. through a couple of times, and. Yeah, we've had it every now and then, like, every now and then, like, we'll have fried chicken for staff meal, and so we'll have some lying around, so we'll, we'll send it to, you know, friends that come in or whatever, and or sometimes I'm just like, I just want to have some fried chicken in the building, you know, so, yeah, we do it every now and then, we don't really announce it, it's kind of like Pinbone, the Pinbone guys putting their chicken sandwich on at 10 willy and totally. if, if you know, you know, and if you don't, suck shit, but... Well, everyone knows now, because yeah, I, 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 I put it in the article. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they've Instagrammed it before as well. But, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it's just... It's comfort food and it's fucking tasty and it's fun to eat. It's, it's all the best things, I think.
0: Yeah, we, I, we've been talking about... you know We want to talk about new restaurants that have opened so far this year and new, new food spots. There have actually been a ton of places that open that only sell chicken. So you've got Butter in Surrey Hills. Um, there's a... a um, what's it called? Juicy Lucy... In um, in yeah, Surrey Hills as well, but the best of the three um, new fried chicken joints that open is um, Thirsty Bird in Kings Cross. And that's have owned
1: you, by the Mr Crackles guys. Yeah, too, yeah. Have, you, have you got this on the road? Uh, from that yeah, we get it every now and then. I get hungry at the end of staffies, and I will send one of the waiters up. Yeah, yeah, At the end of service, to go and get some. Their southern um,
0: style fried chicken sandwich is so. Yeah, fucking the, chick- the chicken the chicken sandwich the chicken sandwiches is, is the go to. I think. And, and then the uh, the mash and gravy is super good.
1: too. I don't too. fuck with mash. So. Really? You don't. Yeah, fuck, yeah. This is, I don't fuck with mash.
0: Why? No, I just never have. Toby, do you fuck with mash? Yeah, I fuck uh, with mash big time. What do you, you, you dip your chicken in? Uh, you should you uh, just have
2: chicken dry?
1: Nah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, every, you know, when I go to col- when I go to KFC,
0: I cop the coleslaw. I don't cop the, the that's mash oh, and You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I've just never been down with it. Oh, there's, there's something magical about dipping potato in potato.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, we've got a potato dish on the menu at the moment that the staff all freak out about and then we, sometimes we put the potato dish on the potato bread that we make so it's like four times potatoes but i'm just like no nah, i'm good.
0: <laughs> uh so you got some cool news you're about to head overseas. Yeah, I fly out tomorrow. So oh, I don't know tomorrow. So yeah, it. so
1: i'm kind of in the shit today but uh <laughs> right. but yeah, I, I head to london tomorrow to go and cook two dinners at Lyle's which is a friend of mine James Lowe's restaurant so now a Michelin star restaurant i think which is pretty crazy. Um, James is a friend of mine who I met maybe six years ago when me and Limbo went over to do the loft project while we were at Duke. We met, uh, we met James then, spent a bit of time together and stuff and uh, just been good friends since. Um, Limbo's gone, attempted to go over and take part in the game dinner but he never made it through the airport. <laughs> That's a different story. Um, One day we'll have limbo on it. It'll yeah. just be great
0: story after great story.
1: Annalise and Matt Lindsay and Parsi have all been over there to take part in the game dinners and stuff that James puts on. So now it's my turn to go over and do a whole restaurant takeover as part of their guest series. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do two dinners on Monday and Tuesday next week. And then, um, then I head to Copenhagen for three nights and Paris for a couple of nights and back to London for a couple of nights and then come home. So it's going to be a pretty whirlwind trip.
0: What kind of uh, menu are we going to be putting together?
1: Uh, I think we're going to do a couple of Acme classics. Like, we're going to do the bolognese, and we're going to do a sort of English version of the jats, and we're probably going to do the macaroni. And then uh, we'll just sort of. James has sent me like a seasonal list of produce and fish and meat that he's got hanging in the dryage room and all that kind of stuff. So, we'll just sort of. I've got a base idea of what I want to do and on Friday, I'm going to go... I land at 5.30am on Friday and then I'm going to go to Lyles for lunch and then James and I sit down and sort of nut it out and finalise what we're going to do. So, yeah, I've got a rough idea but I want to give, like, all the expats and stuff that are going to come and who live in London now and who have been to Acme and stuff, I want to give them the opportunity to eat a couple of the classics again mm-hmm. and then just sort of throw a couple of one-off things together as well. So gonna use our old mate jamie oliver's pasta extruder in one of the 15 restaurants to make the pasta while we're over there and then um yeah just play loud obnoxious rap music in james's pristine quiet
0: <laughs> proper english restaurant so it's excellent pretty fun yeah. and then afterwards are you kind of doing a little bit of food research at this holiday yeah it's
1: just yeah. it's just gonna be eating um From pretty much when I land, I think Friday, Saturday, I'll just eat around London, all those sort of wine bars and casual places, and then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we'll be working, and then Wednesday morning, um, I fly to Copenhagen with Fat Cat, she's coming to the second dinner, she now lives in in Copenhagen, and then...
0: there's some sometime uh, ACME staff member? Yeah,
1: ACME staff member, just Fat Cat, and then uh, we go back to Copenhagen, and then it's just lunch, dinner, lunch, dinner, lunch, dinner probably tacos in between a lot of natural wine in between and then um, Saturday morning to Paris same thing probably two dinners each night in Paris a couple of lunches back to London and knock out the final things that I missed in the first couple of days and then fly home probably about one and a
0: half kilos heavier than I am now yeah and- <laughs> at least I once put on in Four weeks, I put on six kilos yeah. in, when I was in America. I'd be, I'd be happy zero. to come.
1: I'd be happy to come back with a little pot belly. I don't think yeah. it's going to happen. Though. <laughs> was that was at Deep South.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was real gnarly. Yeah, it's a killer. Um, yeah, we haven't we've actually talked about this on the podcast. I, the the idea of like an eating holiday yeah. or a food research trip. Yeah, because I know Toby in the, in the lead up to Ghost Boy, you how many tacos did you eat in, in like three uh, weeks? Oh, we
2: had eighty tacos in oh. six nights. It's pretty
1: good It's um, pretty well,
2: good yeah so we drove from San Francisco down to uh, Ensenada which is about an hour and a half south of the border mm-hmm. um, it was almost a different city every night and we just try and hit up as many taco joints as we could and yeah didn't get sick once which is impressive yeah um, yeah I had some incredible stuff I mean it's tacos are so much more varied than uh, kind of even I thought and and they are, they're kind of already kind of a, uh, a fusion dish in their own right. I mean, uh, one of the most popular tacos is the al pastor, um, which kind of made its way over from the Middle East. It's, you know, the uh, upright kind of spit that they kind of shave. Yep, yep, and yep. Yeah, its it's kind of like fusion already exists within the Mexican world. I mean, it's already kind of half indigenous, half Spanish, plus everything else that's kind of made its way through.
0: Yeah, I feel like a, a, a taco. Even though like, I'm sure you were in pain after those six days, mm. but that's doable to me. Yeah, I, to, trying to eat as much barbecue as possible no, in, in a fortnight. Like we hit one, like because you you were traveling such long distances between each of these spots. So when yeah. you get there, you're like, no, 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 I've got to try everything. Yeah, but you don't yeah. you don't hold back whatsoever. And I just remember just being in like unimaginable pain yeah. after, after Franklin barbecue. But, but
1: that's the thing, right? especially for us we travel so far yeah. like you're on a fucking plane for 24 hours so when you get over there plus the travelling that you then do once you're in said country you've got to fucking do as much as you can Yeah, yeah. because to get over there it's such a financial burden it's such a burden of time so you've got to just go ham you know yeah. like you've got to make the most of it and that's kind of it and like you know you, you always have places you want to tick off and then you might hit your local friends up to say where do I actually need to go and stuff and some shit might be way blown out of proportion of how good it is over here and you go there and you're like yeah it was all right some things might not have any reputation they fucking blow you away but that's what I like that's why i go overseas you know like i'm not i don't really give a fuck about any of the touristy things Mm. i just want to eat and go clothes shopping and buy sneakers you know so (laughs) that's how i plan a holiday is like what shop can i hit and then what's near there to go and eat at and bang 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 you know so yeah, and I think
0: every chef you speak to
1: is the same. Like Hongi does it, yeah. you know, Kirby does it in Japan.
0: Ho- Hongi actually makes you feel his pain because he's so active on social media yeah. when he's on holiday. I
1: uh, just ate 120 dumplings. <laughs> uh.
2: <laughs> I think barbecue is definitely the hardest back-to-back. Just protein. Yeah. Yeah. Just protein on protein. We did like a 10-day barbecue tour the year before. And just, we maxed out at three places per day. You just can't get past that. It's oh, that's just, I'm
0: amazed you even did that. Yeah, like, I, I, my wife banned me from doing like more yeah, than right. like two a day. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> is so intense.
2: Yeah, salt and fat and smoke yeah.
0: and yeah,
1: meat. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: You know, It got easier the north that we got where they where like you know you're meant to have it as a sandwich. Yeah, with with yeah. coleslaw and there's more of a balance. And but and like in, in Texas, it was digesting. just brutal, man. Yeah. Like, and uh, also
2: like the further north you get, the lighter the, the sauces as well. I mean, you got like yeah. Carolina's it's kind of vinegary, and Kansas it's kind of like sweet and a bit vinegary. Yeah, North well. Carolina was so easy. Yeah, I think it just no sauce, brutal. just fat, smoke, salt.
0: Just a massive pound of yep. meat on a big tray. <laughs> Use your hands, don't talk to anyone. <laughs> Line up for three hours. Oh, great, mm. great trip, guys, great trip. Um, I've got some news as well. I'm um, actually doing a uh, dip pop up. The dip was a yeah. A I'm restaurant.
1: really fucking annoyed. I'm not going to be here.
0: Well, hopefully, I mean, I think it's already pretty close to selling out. So hopefully, we'll do another one. But um, Clayton Wells from Automata asked me to uh, do a Sunday pop up at Automata, which is really, really exciting and uh, a lot, a lot better environment than the dip deserves to be in. I think <laughs> um, we have We we closed in 2014. So yeah, so you it, it's pretty much this it, actually. Yeah, that's right. It'll actually be like exactly two years, pretty much to the day, since the dip. The dip was uh, last. I open. wonder
1: if the kosher Frankfurt makers
0: noticed the decline in sales when the dip closed. <laughs> we were going through about. Are you going to do like the, uh,
2: like the hot dog deg again, or is it going to be a?
0: Um, did you come to that? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, I did yeah. this uh, degustation at the dip where we um, every course was a hot dog. Yeah. Like a mini hot dog. was that brutal? Was that
2: no? I was pretty into it. Yeah. Right. It was kind of like a, uh, a regional tour of hot dogs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Even the dessert was like a deep fried banana with caramel yeah. or something in in a bun. <laughs> um, yeah, we're doing a um, that's the kind of all, all the dip kind of standards, but with um, better ingredients. Like LPs are going to do our frankfurts, which is really oh, exciting. Sick. Cool. <coughs> and we're having um all of the uh all the buns that made um by by the guys that make Clayton's bread, and then uh yeah everything's being pickled ourselves and. You know, just all the salsa can be made from scratch, all that kind of stuff. So there's going to be, like, the Lev's dog, which was my kind of, like, Cali-Mex kind of style of yep. hot dog. <coughs> Sorry, I'm kind of dying at the moment. Um, and then Clayton's going to do the CJ dog, which is, like, I guess, like, a more Euro take on a, on a hot dog. It's going to be pulled pork nachos, hot wings, uh, deep fried pickles, grilled corn, and uh, cookies and cream for dessert.
1: Nice.
0: And that's on, um, that's on June the 12th at Automata and uh, hit up the Automata email ASAP if you want to head along to that because the tickets are selling very quickly awesome sick well um, Toby thanks so much for having us no, in, your, having in your food yeah, court which you own all bro. by yourself yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, again you can catch uh, t- Ghost Boy Cantina for the next month until the 27th of June was it? 27th yeah and then
2: probably from Wednesday I think it's Wednesday the 20th of July I think we're going to be moving to T.O.S. Yes.
0: And if you are one of one listener in London, you can, uh, <laughs> you can catch Mitch cooking where? At Lyle's in Shoreditch, I believe. Uh, don't tell Customs I'm coming so I can get through the airport. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, it's weird because actually we have more Customs listeners than we do London listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh If you uh, want to be a fan of The Mitchin, you can find us online facebook.com slash The Mitchin or send us an email, <clears throat> um, The Mitchin podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find Mitch online at Krillin on the run. Or Instakrill on Instagram. I'm levdog at L E V D A W G. Um at ghostboycantina, one word for Instagram. Yep. You got a, you got a personal one you want to plug as uh, well?
2: At Toby Wilson on Instagram. Easy.
0: How'd you get that, man? It's
2: yeah, well, I accidentally signed up and then forgot about it. And then <laughs> I went to go sign up again and saw it was taken. Uh, and then had Toby Wilson AU for three years and then kind of found out I, I had the old one and I kind of switched uh, them over. <laughs>
0: Amazing. And uh, if you want to help spread the word, the best thing you can do for us is uh, head to the iTunes page, uh, look up The Mitchin, and leave us a nice little review because the more nice reviews we have, the more people see the podcast and maybe tune in. Um, And maybe we'll do it again sometime. We'll do it again sometime. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to The Mitchin. We will see you sometime. Bye.
3: It's The Mitchin Podcast.